Hi, and welcome to another episode of Healthy Distractions, a show about two Marvel fanboys who talk about Marvel, except for when we don't. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And today we're looking beyond the Affinity War. We're all curious about what's going to happen after 2019. We have Infinity War Part 1 this year, Infinity War Part 2 next year, plus a slew of other, you know, character movies coming out, like Black Panther, Ant-Man and Wasp, Captain Marvel. But for those of us who have enjoyed the last 10 years leading up to Infinity War, it has felt like there has been a purpose in a lot of these movies leading up to the final fight or the final showdown between Thanos, the Infinity Stones, etc. So what happens after Infinity War and what's going to be their next you know, 10 to 15 years of movies, and is it going to culminate into something similar to Infinity War? So we both wanted to talk about that in this show. Also, just like what we want to see. Especially now that Disney got the rights back to X-Men, or will have the rights back to X-Men and Fantastic Four, plus probably some other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider? I, I don't know about that one, actually. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Can we bring Nick Cage back? Well, that's 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 a given. That's redundant. Of okay. course, he's coming back. Okay, perfect. So we wanted to focus on you know what we want to see, what we're hoping to see, and particularly around X Men and Fantastic Four, since I think those were the big franchise names that are coming back through this deal, right? Yes. Okay. Now, let's focus on what happens next. So, as I mentioned before, we have Black Panther coming out. We have Ant-Man and Wasp. We have Captain Marvel. So this is sort of setting the stage for some of the new faces that we're going to see over, you know, post-Infinity War. So what can they do now that they've gotten these rights back? Well, I think for kind of a wish list for us, we can start with X-Men. And I know for both of us, we enjoyed the original X-Men, two X-Men movies. But ever since, we've kind of had this X-Men fatigue. Like, no movie since X-Men 3 really has done anything for us on an entertainment or enjoyment level, except for Logan and maybe some parts here and there of other X-Men movies. I think the problem for me for X-Men... It's not... Well, yeah, it is a problem. Where the central conflict... And I understand this is the identity of the franchise about the whole mutant's rights. But I don't know how much more you can play that conflict out. At least in, like, the limited scope that Fox set for itself. And now, I was sort of indifferent to like Fox getting or to Marvel getting X Men. I was like, like you were saying, I was like, like uh, I, I don't need to see another one of these for a while. But similar to like when they got Spider Man back and what they did with that character in the MCU, I am very curious and excited to see what they could do with those characters. I'm on the same page. I originally was like, I don't care. I don't want to see any of these characters come into the MCU right now especially now that Infinity War is coming to an, a close. But I, I, again, I think this is post-Infinity War, so when I started thinking about it like that, I was like, okay, Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, having control of these characters, they could give us a fun movie. Frankly, what I'm hoping for post-Infinity War is maybe not throwing these characters into the current MCU right away, but trying to bring that excitement back or that fun back for these franchises and have more maybe independent movie, not independent in the sense of like an indie movie, but more independent of the MCU self-contained, uh, self-contained movies with these characters. And I think Disney and Marvel and Kevin Feige, they could do a really good job with these characters and make them intriguing. I will say that for X-Men, 
I don't want to see a giant team up. I don't want to see large scale mutant wars or battles. I would really like to fo- them to focus on characters, especially given the fact that these characters should and probably will be involved in what we know as the MCU eventually down the road, maybe make an appearance in Avengers or a special, you know, Avengers vs. X-Men type movie. So I think some of the things that we talked about was maybe seeing like, let's, let's take Professor Xavier, Magneto, and maybe Beast, and let's see a history of those characters and what happened to them. What, what made Xavier and Magneto friends? What made them good friends, best friends, to the point where they wanted to build a school together, they wanted to you know bring mutants and people together. Obviously, Magneto took a, a, went off trail at some point. But what is their history? I want to see the adventures between those characters before I see them with all of these other mutants. No, and I agree with that. I mean, whether you get uh, McAvoy and Fassbender back or recast, I'm, we can have that conversation if you want. But to exactly what you're saying, I mean, I liked First Class. I mean, I thought, I thought it was enjoyable, but it just seemed rushed. We meet these characters, they're introduced, and they're rivals by the end. And just like that, I thought they're going to stretch, stretch that out over like a couple of movies. Like, I thought it was going to be more like the first, or like the original Star Wars, where you see the budding friendship, like a Han Solo Luke kind of thing, where they become really fast friends in this first movie. And then the second movie, you see like the sharp decline or some kind of development. And, uh, and since then, it's always felt like a rushed endeavor. And so to see that play out on a larger canvas where they can take their time with these characters and still like tell like a fun, really like weird exotic movie, like whether it's in the Savage Land or they, whether they go to Genosha, which is like this mutant island that I think Magneto created, but you can get weird with it. It's still like, like you were saying, have a very character focused driven movie. And I think by focusing on the characters, it's easier to mix and match with a lot of the upcoming or the future Marvel movies that with some of the main players like Iron Man or whoever. I think if you have character-focused movies, it's easier to implement rather than pulling pieces from these large team movies and trying to, you know, combine them. I think some of the other characters that we'd want to see is Cyclops. We grew up with the X-Men TV show, and Cyclops, I think for you as well, was always a personal favorite. He was one of those characters that he was a leader. He might have been a dick at times, but he was like the guy. He was cool. He was, you know... He commanded respect, and he had a, he has a cool power. And well, seeing that play on like the big screen would be fun. And those original franchises, and even I know you liked you know First Class, but even the later movies, they never really seemed to do Cyclops justice. To that exact point, I mean, it's not just the cartoon; just in general, when I think of X Men, I think of Cyclops, and the fact that he was such a marginalized character in the the past franchise. Actually, it actually just feels really weird, like, how they just completely sidelined him in favor of Wolverine. Which, I totally get Wolverine's appeal, and I feel like Hugh Jack is Hugh Jackman. He's, he's iconic in that role. But the whole thing, like, one of the things I loved about the original cartoon, or even in the comics, was watching those two clash. Clash, and, like, respect each other, and be rivals, but then also come together. Like, that kind of, like, similar to, like, Xavier Magneto, really good character development and character intrigue. There's been none of that. I mean, we got Cyclops in the last movie as, like, a kid... Which is which is fine, but like in that last movie, uh, Apocalypse, it ends where you see the X Men in their like classic costumes. And it's, it's it's like a two second shot. I'm like, okay, that's that. I want I want to see that movie. <laughs> this is where I want the next yes. movie to start. I want to see them in this room together, in their you know corny cheap cheapy costumes. Right, and to me, 
like in terms of like broad strokes for the X Men, I think of like you know, like you were just saying, I think of cheesy costumes and you know over over the top powers, and to me that's all I want really. Yeah. Like I I, I might sound superficial, but to me like I the the costumes set the tone, and I think if any studio can actually capture the tone properly and bring it into the twenty first century for a mainstream audience, it would be Marvel Studios. Like a, the the best most recent example of that would be Spider-Man Homecoming where that was a franchise I mean that was a character I thought that was like not dead on arrival like I know Spider-Man will never go away The Amazing Spider-Man sort of like with the past X-Men movies sort of like ran into the ground where everything that I thought was interesting and fun about the character was drained from the franchise and I feel like X-Men has sort of gone down that road that road we'll see what happens with Dark Phoenix but I don't have two expectations but I think like that's what we're saying or at least that's what I'm trying to say I don't want to speak for you about how if there's any studio that can completely revive and like capture the essence of what makes these characters so great in a more intimate setting that like lets the characters resonate with an audience, that's all I really care about. No, I, I can get on board with that. I think the other character too, the la- I would say this is the last character that we'd want to focus on is actually Wolverine. There's two pieces to this. If they can bring Hugh Jackman back for another movie, like an actual Avengers movie, bring him in right away. Don't wait. Don't do anything. He already has credit or street cred. He's already a well-known figurehead, and he's got star power. So just bring him in and give him, give him his Marvel Studios movie. Basically, it's more like a paying respect to him playing these characters in all these shit movies throughout the years. He has been probably the best character, but he's been in shitty movies up until Logan, basically. The other take on Logan would be, or on Wolverine... Let's get some sort of trilogy or at least like a very good standalone movie where we're seeing Wolverine grow throughout different decades of his life. Wolverine Origins was a terrible movie. I'm not going to sit here and say that I want to go see that movie again. But the first five minutes gave me hope for the rest of the movie and then it just fucking went downhill. It was flashing through him in the wars. It was flashing through him and Sabretooth and their past. And it had all these like really great moments just in that quick like two minute flashback of his life i want to see that spread out to like two or three movies and i want to see him and Sabretooth interact and get to the point where they're complete opposites where logan has gone towards the x-men and you know Sabretooth has gone towards the magneto side of the spectrum they had a great cast i love the guy who was playing Sabretooth in wolverine origins i don't know his name ray donovan i know that's leaf shriver leaf shriver those two on screen were great together, but it was just wasted on a bad movie. Right. No, actually, that reminded me, actually. <laughs> Another thing of the old X-Men movies that bothered me was the portrayal of Sabretooth. Just because I thought he was like such an instrumental character to Wolverine's uh, storyline, and they did nothing with him. It's like similar, similar to Cyclops. And so, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I would love to see that friendship then, then turn to rivalry, rivalry, and so on and so forth. And to what you were saying before is... Origins, like the teaser for Origins, where you see them fighting in the Civil War and you see them fighting in World War II, was like very exciting. It's a complete, it's a complete misdirect. But with Wolverine, you can totally have that period piece because in Marvel, in the, in the Marvel universe, you have Captain America, you have your World War II movie. So like, it's very easy to take him, put him in any setting, a period piece setting, and go from there. Like I know, like for Captain Marvel, it's supposed to take place in the '90s, and it's like there's no reason why you just can't jump around. And, and like instead of trying to like just tell the other generic, he's he's in the future and something's going on and whatever. But yeah, I, I would love to see him in a different, in a different time period. 
whatever it may be, but give him like two or three movies before you bring him into even the X-Men world. Like, don't bring Wolverine in until we get this, like, really cool history of the character. I think it goes to the whole idea of, like, a payoff, where you're reintroducing this, this iconic character to a main, to a big audience, and then finally, finally, we get to see him interact with everyone else. And hopefully by that point in time, people are not sick of him, you've reintroduced him right, that it's going to feel, like, epic. The way that it felt epic when Spider-Man is fighting alongside the Avengers in Civil War. Or even the original Avengers when we see Iron Man, Cap, and Thor finally All fight together. together. I think the next thing we want to talk about is Fantastic Four. Do we want to talk about Fantastic Four? We do. Okay. Because they have good characters that have just been... They've never had their due. Every Fantastic Four movie has been absolute garbage. Would you agree with that statement? Yes, and it's also... it's. I think it's just, it is kind of interesting, though, looking back on those films, it's just, like, the lack of imagination. And maybe, like, I don't know if it's, like, at the time, the producers or whoever, they just didn't, th- like, I don't know what, what, like, what, like, why even make the movie if you're not going to do something interesting with it? Like, the whole conceit of Fantastic Four is that they're the world's, you know, or, well, at least Reed Richards is, like, the world's smartest man, and they can invent anything and do anything, and they fight, like, the most fantastic, pun intended, the fantastic villains, and, like not to keep throwing this phrase around but just being so much so wasted in the past so there's that like that like frustration combined with the fact that we've now seen Thor Ragnarok and the Guardians movies and Doctor Strange like we've gotten mystical and cosmic and weird it's like this is the perfect time with the perfect template to adapt Fantastic Four and I think you mentioned this and we're gonna probably throw this word around a lot but their whole thing is the fact that they go between dimensions I mean Reed Richards invents these machines that are able to take them to new multiverses or wherever it may be he's the guy who invents it so why not use that to be weird and to be fun and to just be different similar to guardians one and try something new and like we said for x-men marvel disney kevin feige though that's that's the creative mind that can actually bring that to life right i mean i think like what they do so well that we're going to keep harping on in this and many episodes is the fact that they just focus in on the center of the character and they expand that. And that you don't lose anything in that, in that process between from page to screen. And for Fantastic Four, I think we had also mentioned this before as well, but we also are living in the age of Rick and Morty. And we see that what that show can do. I'm not saying Fantastic Four has to be as graphic and gratuitous as Rick and Morty. We might turn off some of, some of the more uh, PG-13 audience. Yeah. But it's like, that's a show where like the imagination, like they just have... The, like the boldest imagination uh, not to sound like I am very smart because I watch Rick and Morty but that show goes to crazy interesting fun places so there's no reason why Fantastic Four can't go that same route not on Earth <laughs> yeah and personally I know I've mentioned this to you before as well I don't find a lot of the Fantastic Four characters very interesting I think Victor Von Doom aka Doctor Doom and Reed Richards are hands down two of the most interesting characters not only in Fantastic Four, but in the Marvel Universe as a whole. I think like every year they do like a villains list. And Magneto's number one, but number two, right behind him is Doctor Doom. And I, I've always bring this up in conversations with you, but back when Marvel was uh, re-releasing the Ultimate Universe, and they, re- they created that Ultimate Doom storyline, where Reed Richards was the, the final villain. The ultimate villain. The ultimate yeah. villain. That was an amazing story. It was, I think it was the the other three Fantastic Four members trying to figure out who the hell is causing all this destruction. When they finally figure out it's Reed Richards, they're like, holy shit, this is, 
this is going to be the hardest villain that we've ever faced because he's so smart and just... And he knows us. Exactly. So, in my mind, what I would like to see in the next Fantastic Four movie, which you probably can't call it a Fantastic Four movie, is more of the relationship between Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom. Similar to what we were saying before about Xavier and Magneto, I want to see the Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom relationship on screen. And then maybe at some point, we see Reed Richards become a villain. You know, I've always said this, but Dark Avengers is one of my favorite comic book stories that Marvel has done. Now, if you take from Dark Avengers and Ultimate Doom and just any of Doctor Doom's comic stories, those are three amazing villains right there that you can bring into the MCU for the new the next 10 to 15 years of Marvel movies. Who's the third villain? Norman Osborn. Okay. I love Norman Osborn. I think Dark Avengers was one of the best. Uh, I know we're not talking about that right now, but I think Reed Richards serves a better purpose as a villain. And you can be weird with it. What we discussed before, it can be a Reed Richards from a different universe, or it can be multiple Reed Richards, Reed Richards from different universes, and there could be one good one who's the one in the actual MCU or the Earth that we all know, who's the good one who's finally triggered to be you know, the Reed Richards we all know, to stop everything, blah, blah, blah. But I do want to see that character get his due. While we're all still on the Fantastic Four train... Like I thought, like a, like a like a basic introduction, introductory character arc for him could be we meet Reed Richards. Like he's very detached and kind of a dick. <laughs> like he is in the comics, he is kind of a dick in the comics uh, at the start of the film, and then uh, like a group a group of bad Reed Richards from another dimension invade this Earth for whatever reason, and he has to like reconcile his own dickishness with saving the world, and that could be his basic character arc for this first movie. And, you know, the thing that I forgot to mention before was, if X-Men's going to join the MCU, how do you reconcile that? Because the MCU's been around for, like, ten years now, and it's like, wait, so mutants, did they just show up, or what's going on there? I think with Infinity War, they're going to, like, not like a, well, yeah, like a loophole, with, like, with, with one of the time gems or something, like magic, whatever, where they're going to, like, basically be able to retcon certain things whenever they want to. I know, I know, like, I, 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 if there's any other studio or any other property, I'd be rolling my eyes. But if it means like that's what they have to do to introduce these characters, I don't care. I just let's just get it back. Probably Fantastic Four. You would do like a very similar thing where because like the, the universe is now fractured now, like this these th- emerging threats are popping up. Every Richards is the only guy who can face it, but he's like also like the least likable person. At least when you first meet him, and hopefully by the time the movie's over, you're like, oh, you know, he's not such a bad guy, and I want to see more of his stories and his family stories to your point about them finding a loophole with the time gem or whatever it may be they can start fresh with the knowledge of the last movies but it's not like they have to probably fall into what has been defined so far no and I, th- I actually i think i think that's the exact sentiment they're going for like based on there's no concrete details yet but based on like the talks like the things that james, that james kind of said it's like they have 24 movies they're planning right now over the next 10 years and that's numbers only going to expand and it's like well you can't like to your saying you can't have 20 more, 20 more movies in this very confined, limited space. Despite how big the universe has gotten, you're going to have to have something that's going like, like to like restart, jumpstart the engine again to get the franchise moving in different and weirder directions, hopefully. There's one character that we haven't discussed uh, that I just actually completely forgot about until right now as we're recording. Jubilee. So, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Jubilee. 
I was actually thinking about Silver Surfer because now he's back with thank, thank God. Marvel. Thank God he's back with Marvel. <laughs> and now with the fact that we know that Beta Ray Bill was in the minds of Kevin Feige when they were creating Thor Ragnarok, we could even see a movie with Silver Surfer and Beta Ray Bill. And that would be really cool. Well, let me ask you this. Why, like, why, do you, like, why Silver Surfer? Like, why, why, what appeals to you about that character that you want to see him on a big screen? I don't know. I, I, he's just one of those characters. He just looks cool, too. I mean, he's this, like, T2 or T1000 floating through space. With, like, the power cosmic. With the power cosmic. And it would be cool to see him, and if they do more cosmic stuff, he could easily be introduced with either the Guardians, or you do one of their other comic book stories, which we've talked about, the Annihilators. And you can have... Uh, I always forget the robot knight that comes back from the future. Me too, I can't think of his name. Um, but you have that, you have Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, Beta Ray Bill, and whoever else. But you could have this whole new team basically form up in the cosmic universe. But, I don't know, that was just... it. Literally, Silver Surfer literally just popped into my mind as we were talking about this, because I remembered that he's actually in the Fantastic Four universe. But Reed Richards, again... And Victor Von Doom. Those are two of the big characters from the Fantastic Four franchise that I want to see get their due. I think in that in that same vein, like the reason like I want to see that as well is because we're leaving it. We live in a time when not to be so dramatic, but we have like we have the Dark Knight, we have Logan, we have everything the Marvel universe or the MCU has done. It's just and also audience expectations. Like we're Star Wars, we're not always have to bring up Star Wars. But it's like. But you always bring up Star Wars. I always bring up Star Wars. That I think that franchise still continues and endures because it says it finds a new way to talk to it, like a new, a new generation. So to me, like to paint on that on that big canvas with these characters under the guidance of not just Kevin Feige, but whoever they get to, to do these films, because I'm guessing they're going to get somebody who loves these characters or gets these characters the same way that they got James got to do Guardians, and that's been perfect. The same way, like when I was watching Spider-Man: Homecoming, and being like. This is the Spider-Man that I I've always that this is the Spider-Man I always wanted, and even there's parts of this franchise that I didn't even know that I wanted, but I got to have that done for these characters would be very exciting. So like with with the imagination of these films, like the the possibilities are endless. It's like you don't have to limit yourself to Victor Von Doom's a bad guy because his name's Doom, so he has to punch the good guy, and that's it. Like I feel like whatever they do will tr- completely transcend like the boring punch-ups we're, we're used to in the past. The other thing with these characters, too, is Marvel, Disney, Kevin Feige, they really can only go up from the foundation or the bar that has been set for Fantastic Four in the past. Because they're white and white men, white men can fail. They only fail upwards. Exactly. Thank you. But no, those movies were so bad, and they did zero justice to any of those characters. I know this isn't on our list of conversations, but I will say that they'll want to see Sentry. I know we've talked about this. I know this isn't Fantastic Four or X-Men or anything having to do no, with the Fox merger. We want to see, though. But I would love to, them t- to see them bring in Sentry. And I think one of the reasons why... I know he was a very small part of Marvel's history, Marvel's storyline. But he came in during one of my favorite stories. It was Dark Avengers and then the event was Siege. Right. And to me, I know you love Superman, but I thought... This was a great take on Superman, where you have this all-powerful being who really can't be killed or stopped, but he has his own personal and internal dilemmas, i.e. a drug problem. 
I think Norman Osborn was giving him drugs so that he could use Sentry's power, basically. But Sentry is one of those characters that I would like to see Kevin Feige and Marvel put on screen because I want to see how they do Superman, if that makes sense. Well, I feel like the irony is, like with DC, their take on Superman thus far has been this very dark, twisted take on the character that is antithetical to what Superman is supposed to be. Sentry is like a very dark, twisted take on the character, but that's the point. And so I think that it would it'd be much better served in their hands than in DC's hands. I think that's all I had to say about Fantastic Four and X-Men and even other characters. I don't know if there was anything else that you had in mind. No, I'm just left, I'm just left dumbstruck because I didn't realize you fucking care that much about either of these franchises, but now I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you, know, like, you, you literally didn't care until like, you saw the Forbes article where <laughs> Disney acquired their properties. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, actually. I, I'm, and I'm the same way. Yeah. Even Dark Phoenix that's coming out, you mentioned it before. I don't care. Apocalypse, whatever, however many years ago that was. It was fun. It was fine. It was two, it was two years ago. Two years? Oh, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> it was fine. I had, I really, overall, I was like, this is better than other X-Men movies that have come out. Once again, I'm surprised that you even saw it. I forgot that you saw it. I actually only watched it because it was free on an international flight that I took. <laughs> And really, that's, so, the only, that's the only way to watch the extra movies at this point. Um, so it was fine, but they just, again, it was just a lot of nothing. I think, not to get my high horse here, but to me, fine, fine is no longer acceptable. If we're going to have like another 15 years of comic, or not in 15, like comic movies are now, that those they it's exist, mainstream. period. Yeah. They're not going away. But, and of course, I'll see all of them because I'm a junkie that way. You know, we're going to have comic movies for the next 20, 30 years. The only way to keep my interest and hopefully a new gen- new generation's interest is by continuing to push those boundaries. And I think in Marvel Studios, they can put their finger in the air, you know, feel the taste of like the current the current audience and what's and what they're getting tired of, what they like, and adapt from there. And that's what I'm excited for it. Instead of getting a regurgitation of what everything that's come before. Well, those are our general hopes and expectations for Marvel. I'm sure by next year, post Infinity War. I'm sure by next year, when we have more information, we'll completely. This episode will be completely redundant. But in the meantime, fingers crossed, we get at least half of what we talked about. As always, I've been Jeremy. I'm Matt. Later.